Is that what your name is? Totoro? Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. Uh, hey. Uh, hey. What's up? Plus 20 XP for returning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're three old spirits learning everything we can about movies and TV, and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. And I'm Adam. Hey, guys. It's not October. What's up? It's not. It's not. But, no. I mean, there are some spirits in these movies. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Right. Well, last week we outlined the first half of our top 10 Studio Ghibli movies. We did. Yeah. If remember. you remember. Yeah, you remember all those lovely, lovely movies. If you're a binge listener, you probably just, just heard it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're new. <laughs> <laughs> This week, Anna May continues with the second half as we count down our top five choices for our favorite Studio G movies. So let's just jump right into it with number five. Yeah, I didn't write a flowery opening for this one. I felt like we kind of, we had a whole hour long episode last week that was the opening to this (laughs) episode. (laughs) So So if you haven't heard that one, go back, listen to it. Yeah. Come back to us. Here are the first five mm-hmm. yeah. of the ten. So, number five, Howl's Moving Castle. From- Yay! Yay! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Love this one. So, if you haven't seen this one, here's a little summary. A young woman named Sophie is cursed to age prematurely by the evil witch of the Waste. Now, in the body of an old woman, she is unable to tell anyone what happened, and she must leave her job in her mother's hat shop. Sophie goes into the waste and finds the gigantic walking castle of the young and beautiful wizard, Howl. After hopping on board, she meets Calcifer, the fire demon who powers the castle and who is bound to Howl. Sophie agrees to help Calcifer break free of Howl as long as he promises to lift her curse as well. When Howl discovers Sophie, he can see through the witch's spell. The two of them fall in love and together confront his former teacher, about trying to steal away his magic. Ooh. Ooh what, some... a, what a handsome devil Howl yeah, is, huh? Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's pretty. It, mm-hmm. it always makes me laugh towards the beginning when we are told that the waste is very dangerous. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't leave the town, but you can see the walking castle in the distance, and yeah. all the girls in that hat shop are like, oh, my oh. gosh, it's Hal's castle. <laughs> oh, what does he think he's like? Oh, oh he steals man. girls away. Oh, oh I don't care. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, yeah. I love it. Up. It's a whole different yeah. universe. Yeah. But yep. you still have that, ooh, he's a bit of a celebrity. Yep, he's dangerous. Yeah, oh. my gosh, that's oh. cool. But boy, he's good to look at. I mean, he yeah. looks pretty good. <laughs> and his American voice isn't bad either. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Hayao Miyazaki, Howl's Moving Castle is based on a book by Diana Wine-Jones. Wow. Oh, I actually didn't okay. know that. Yeah. yeah. Like many other Studio Ghibli films, Miyazaki also wrote the screenplay. Originally, Miyazaki was not planning on directing the movie, but the original director, Mamoru Hosada, left the project early on. Hosada is another talented director who went on to helm the animated film Mirai. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Or The Girl Who Jumped Through Jumped? Time, yeah. I think yes. is the other it, title for that movie. Yeah, it has some variations <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Howl's Moving Castle is known to be one of the most beautiful Ghibli films ever made, with artwork that mirrors the intricate illustrations of a book. The complex and disorganized castle was meant to represent Howl himself. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said the black door was kind of like his past and his his oh, dark yes. subconscious. Yes, and, his yeah. inner demons. Yes. <laughs> because you know? he's deep. Yes, exactly. We got to <laughs> yeah. change him and I mean, make him better. Right? Yeah, shallow people don't live on walking yeah. castles. <laughs> He'll cast you aside, but you're still into it. <laughs> <laughs> After the major success of Miyazaki's Spirited Away, American actors were thrilled to sign on for the English dub of Howl's Moving Castle. The Disney producers and directors, including Pete Docter of Pixar fame, watched the film in Japanese to get an understanding of how Miyazaki directed the characters. It's oh, a good place to start. That is, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty involved process. Mm-hmm. Watching the movie in Japanese... <laughs> Having the English translated script, looking at it like, because you know the initial translation's not going to make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be hard, you know, yeah. different words. There are words that Jumpy. exist in Japanese that don't exist in right. English and right. vice versa. And just kind of, it can be hard, yeah. clunky. And <laughs> and you have to at least try to match the animation, the, yeah, the lip the flaps. Yeah, scenes. yeah. So. Cindy and Don Hewitt adapted the Japanese script, making the dialogue feel more conversational to American audiences. Mm-hmm. The actors then watched the animation while delivering their lines to see how much time they had to get the words out before the characters stopped talking. This was a challenge because the length of sentences could vary from one language to another. Yep. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting to watch them because they're watching the character and they're trying <laughs> to say the words fast enough or slower, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trying to get it out. And it, it's just, it speaks to the fact that almost always in animation, the voices come first mm-hmm. yep. and they animate to the voices. But mm-hmm. in a dub, it's totally different. I mean, yeah, you just can't. Yeah, right. in a dub, they have to watch and you know yeah. do completely opposite. It, it, one thing that I bet they ran into a few times is something that we don't have in English, mm-hmm. but in Japanese, something that you say will be way longer. Like yeah. the, the more formal you want to be, the more you have to say, right? Yeah. So we say thank you or thank you very much, but if they want to be like as formal as possible, they go from like arigato to domo arigato and then domo arigato gozaimashu like Ah. it's this depends on who you're talking to right if it's a friend you could just say arigato but if it's you're talking to your like boss or like like somebody very important you say the whole thing but you're still only saying thank you yeah Yeah. so i imagine that's probably yeah so in america um, you know america you'd have to like add like a ma'am or sir yeah yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) christian bale lent his batman-like voice to howl which he would have been working on around the same time as this film. Yeah, this film I think technically came out a little bit earlier. Yeah. So this film has the I'm Batman sound. It really does. And <laughs> before you... the before, yeah. Batman, before Batman begins. Yeah. yeah. When, once you hear it, you can never go back. Oh gosh. Oh man. When we watched it, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> he actually volunteered to play any role in the film that they would like, and they chose him to play the title character. Very nice. Yeah, he was like, I mean, I'll take it. 
Yeah. I said oh, yeah. any. Yeah. <laughs> I meant it. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like everybody wanted to be in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. After after her spirited away, that's of true. course oh, they did. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, line. yeah. Of course they did. Like, oh, my God, they're doing it. Yeah, I want one? get me in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> they all called up their agents. Yeah, seriously. In the original Japanese version, the same woman, Chico Baisho, played both young and old Sophie. In the English dub, Emily Mortimer and Gene Simmons played the two versions of the same character. You know, I noticed that because I went looking it up. Yeah. Because for a second I thought like, oh, maybe she is just putting on an old voice. I can't really tell yet. So I went and looked. And then, of course, the Japanese um, cast came up first. Yeah. I was like, oh. There's only one. So maybe it is. And then <laughs> yeah. I went to the then, English and then there was two. So I was like, oh, I guess they switched it up. And yeah. So that's the, pretty cool. The fact that you couldn't tell it was two different people is awesome because yeah. it means that they right. matched they, the voice yeah. really well. Yeah. Even in English, like it is yeah. two different people, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a great yeah. choice for both. Gene Simmons, a legendary movie actress. <laughs> yeah. So her being in this is pretty cool. Is. Honestly, her playing that part because it is a it is a Huge portion of the movie where she is yeah. an old lady. An older, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's, it wasn't like she was it for one scene or two scenes. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, know. it's the majority of it, yeah. really. Joe Hisashi, once again, composed a fantastic <laughs> and memorable score for Howl's Moving Castle. The film's music is one of the reasons that this is one of the most beloved Ghibli films. The standout theme is called Merry-Go-Round of Life which captures the magic of the film and the feeling of falling in love. Oh, yeah. how lovely. This is a theme that you listen to it and you feel like you're in the movie. Yeah. It captures everything that's going on. Mm. It's a beautiful theme. When I was listening to the theme online, the top comment was, they're playing this at my funeral or I ain't dying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man, I I really like this movie. I watched it again um, recently for for the recording of this very episode, and I was just reminded all over again of how good yes. it is. You know, yes, I love how unique the world is. It still feels very like I don't know fantasy European, mm-hmm. almost it almost yes. like a, almost like Austria because there's so many mountains yes. in the background. Yeah. That kind of thing. But um, but they leave it ambiguous. Yeah, but. Just the sprinkles of magic throughout yep. are so yep. nice. It, it's yeah. so fun. The look of the animation, it is meant to portray kind of a storybook yeah. look to right, it. Right, yeah. right. So it's kind of like you imagine opening a book and seeing and, yeah. and kind of yeah. feeling the page, like the gloss of a mm-hmm. page and the way that looks and that texture. And, and the movie has that mm-hmm. feeling. And I believe the, the author of the book is from England. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, nice. I I believe that that it is a very European yeah. type feeling with a cool Japanese mix into, into it, it, you know, yeah. where it's it, it it kind of transcends the cultures. Yeah, so I was yeah. say it feels it's... a little bit Wizard of Ozzy a little yeah. bit too, yeah, you know. Yeah. I love the endearing little characters like Calcifer oh, is so funny, yeah. so cute, and then the prince that's the like. Scarecrow type guy. Yes. I love him too. He's fascinating. (laughs) Turniphead. Turnip that's and he's been bouncing along behind the castle this whole movie. And you're just kind of wondering, who is that? What's going on with that? Like what's (laughs) what is that? And then uh, 
she kisses him, I believe, yeah. and she's like, "Voila, I am a prince." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, and I love you." You are my true love. You broke um, the curse. I'm kind of with Howell, yeah, exactly. actually. Like, Sorry, bro. I got somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, have you seen him? <laughs> His he's... hair color changed, but in some ways, like, better. Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, sometimes a giant bird. I'm just, like, really into yeah, him. Like... <laughs> and I feel like this isn't going to work out yeah. between us. And he's just like, oh, okay. He also, like, makes, like, a last-ditch offer, too. Like, if you change your mind, I'm just going to be at that <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. does he? And they barely mention him before that because I think the whole reason the two kingdoms are going to war is because he's missing, right? Yes. Yes. But they say it like once. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. he says, I'm off to end the war. Right. And then he just runs off runs to the off. kingdom. Yeah. yeah. To end the war. Yeah, because the whole reason they were kind of after Howl and all the other wizards and mm-hmm. witches is because they were supposed to be part of the war. Yeah. And the ones that didn't comply lost their powers. And it's like, you so know, I, kind I, of a B plot the yeah, whole time. Yeah. But I then it turns out. We lost some of that translation. Maybe. Like maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe we didn't quite get that because it, it wasn't. Possibly. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Yeah. 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 How I'll say this Howl's Moving Castle is a complicated movie. Mm-hmm. You got to really yeah. watch it to, to really just. Yeah. <laughs> to love it. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think I like The Witch of the Waste less and less <laughs> every oh, time, really? I, yeah. time I watch the movie because she just annoys the hell out of me. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. She takes the, um, I guess, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but she takes Howl's heart from Calcifer. He like goes yeah. out, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? And I'm just like, what? Do you see what you're causing? Yeah. The castle now crumbles because yeah. of what you just did? Come on. But at the end, though, they still kind of make you feel bad for her, though. No, That's I really, I think. I always thought, this is the thing, yeah, about Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. I always felt like they always make these pseudo-villainous or semi-villainous yeah. characters. Yeah. They never really have villains that are like, villain, villain. Yeah. You know? It's, it's yeah. a very yeah. gray area. You, you, you know? end up liking, hating, liking. Hate. It's really, it, it's like a little mm-hmm. dance. Yeah. Every movie, which I think is really nice, very complex. Yeah. yeah. War is depicted in a lot of Ghibli mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Thinking Crazy to think about how, because you think of them as such a lighthearted and fun yeah. studio, which they are, but they have these depictions of war happening, to, mm-hmm. or at least in the world the characters are interacting in. But they keep it so gray. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always people from either side that, you know, have their own motivations. Like we talked about Nausicaa and the Valley of the Winds and how that movie, the war kind of comes to them. Yes. Because of yeah. just they were kind of in their own place. But yet the boy character is from the quote unquote you know, aggressors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But their friends still it's like yeah. you know, they keep it in such a gray area and that's really cool, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So number four. Oh what? boy. Number four is Kiki's delivery service from nineteen eighty nine. That was her going up on the broom. Yep. <laughs> so if you have not seen Kiki's delivery service, here is a summary. Kiki, a teenage witch in training, has reached the age of 13. She's practically elderly. (laughs) (laughs) According to tradition, all witches of that age must leave home for one year so that they can learn how to live on their own. 
Kiki, along with her talking cat Gigi, flies away to live in the seaside town of Kuriko. After starting her own delivery service using her broom as a delivery vehicle, Kiki must learn how to deal with her new life, especially after she loses the power to fly. <sighs> no. Yes. Ugh. This is a great one. I this is this is a fun movie start yes. to finish, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I just it makes you feel good in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Makes you feel sad in some other ways. Mm-hmm. I really this is a good one. And it's a good one for your heart and soul if you're experiencing a lot of burnout. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people are experiencing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a topic covered very often, especially in animated movies like this. Yeah. And I want to mention again, just like How's Moving Castle, it's a world with just magic kind of sprinkled on yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that stuff because <laughs> it's it feels like it could exist. Yes. Yeah. I Somebody knows how to talk to their cat, but not everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very Sabrina the Teenage Witch kind <laughs> yes! of Yes. Yeah, very yes. similar to that. And that was an animated show for a while too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is just I don't know, the characters are so lovable yeah. and sweet and yeah, I love that she experiences that that burnout, you know, issue where she loves to be a witch, she loves to fly, she loves using magic. But then when she when it's her job, she doesn't love it anymore. Yeah. Yep. We've all been there. <laughs> 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 This film was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and it was adapted from a children's novel of the same name, written by Aiko Kadono, and published in 1985. Son of a gun. Yep. I didn't know this was a book either. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. I'm behind. I think you're going to have to start reading. Oh, yeah. but that's I, not I fun. know, I know, so but I think maybe mm. you're going to have to yeah. start. But there you, are movies based on could, them. You could start with audiobooks. <sighs> try, give them a try. You I know? think I, I work in a library now, and so I am actually oh. legally obligated <laughs> yes. to tell to me, tell me yes. to read. To read. <laughs> yes. Miyazaki was originally not set to direct, but when production was falling apart, he had to step in and take over as director. Oh, boy. Man. Do you know why the, the, it was falling apart? I can't I, remember. The only thing, because he talked about it in an interview, but he, he kind of just kind of glazed over it. It was kind of like we had a bunch of new young people working on the project, and so maybe the director that was supposed to do it just got overwhelmed or mm. some something of that sort, so... It sounds like he just kind of was like, okay, I'll step in and kind of yeah. <laughs> take okay. over. But Miyazaki intentionally made the time period vague. An example of this vagueness is when you see a black and white TV, but also a biplane flying in the same scene. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. much you, sense. Yeah. No idea when or where you are. I love it. I love timeless movies like yeah. that. He dreamed of a world where World War II did not happen and what the 50s would have been like in that timeline. He combined elements from several cities to make a conglomerate for Kiki. He used Ireland, Stockholm, San Francisco, Paris, and somewhere in Italy. Although Miyazaki did not personally visit these places, he had his team go, especially to the major influence for Kiki's town, which was Visby in Sweden. He had only been there once, but he wanted his team of artists to see it for themselves and make their own memories. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> That's so many good picks. Yeah, so many good <laughs> oh, places. Greatest hits of the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. The European audience could tell right away it was a mixture, but the Japanese audience thought it was just a town in Europe. 
he enjoyed tricking them a little bit. I yeah. love that. That is <laughs> that's super funny because there's always jokes about how Americans have a certain like picturesque version of other parts of the world, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Every other place has the same thing, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the one of the really funny like common ones that I've seen a few times because they bring it up in anime all the time mm-hmm. is Japanese people and their depiction of Europe, spe- specifically like France, Paris, yeah. that area, and how it's very over the top. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the city of romance and, you know, that, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that yeah. wonderful painterly picturesque yeah. version of Europe, right? Uh-huh. And, and some of us have the same thoughts. Yeah. Like we, we imagine what Ireland be like, oh, it's mm-hmm. this beautiful coastal place <laughs> yeah. and it's like gorgeous overcast all the time. And, you know, that. But then when you get there, it may not be like that. Mm-hmm. Some of the time it might be, but it's yeah. just so funny that <laughs> that it fit their fantasy depiction of yeah. Europe so well that they were there like, oh, that looks right. That looks like Europe. <laughs> yeah. That town probably yeah. exists. That's so good. <laughs> he got a real kick at it, too. He was, he was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the most challenging scenes were when Kiki was on a broomstick flying. The trickiest part was making it look like a natural action. Miyazaki considered the fact that if you were to ride a broomstick, it would hurt after a while. Just think about how much it would hurt to ride a bike. Oh, yeah. 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 In order to circumvent this, he came up with the idea of the broomstick flying and Kiki floating with it. Yeah, brilliant. Interesting. Okay. I had never realized that she wasn't really like riding the broom, that she's floating... Like herself, just kind of holding like it. Yeah. All of her, yeah, like all of her body weight is not on the broom. Yeah, she is levitating as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just kind of a utensil or a tool to fly with. Yeah, yes. and like direction. Uh-huh. And, yeah. yeah, which I can't believe he thought of that. Like, yeah. well, he Me thinks neither. of everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does. When asked about why Gigi could not speak at the end, Miyazaki said, "Sometimes we become speechless." When we're together at the end, there's nothing to say. His actions seem to be more important than what he said. The simple fact that Gigi was there at the end for Kiki was enough. Kiki's powers increased, and she became who she was meant to be. Miyazaki said that when you gain, you also lose. Yeah. I... This is the one time that I'm going to disagree, disagree. <laughs> with Mr. Miyazaki. Yes, and I'm going to not yes. follow that at all. If you have not seen the movie, if you're unfamiliar, Gigi is her cat, and they can speak to each other. And as the movie goes on, and she becomes disinterested in her powers, and she loses the ability to fly, that kind of stuff, her and Gigi have a disconnect, and they can't talk to each other anymore. Yeah. And so to a lot of people... It seemed like when she, near the end of the movie, when everything turns out okay and yeah. things seem to be kind of normal again, that she would be able to talk to Gigi again. Mm-hmm. But in the original version, they do not. They are not able to speak to each yeah. other, nope. even though she is. She's got her powers she's got back. powers. Yeah. 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 When he was talking about it, he was basically like, what? what would he say? What would Gigi say? Like, see what happens when I'm not here? You know, like. Yeah, I I don't know. Just hello, maybe. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I mean, hello, I'm back. We're it's here. In- it's an interesting choice, though, for sure. Yeah. Ugh, I don't like it. <laughs> it is. It is sad. Yeah. I am going to have a headcanon 
that <laughs> that he can that talk she yeah. they start talking just I don't blame you I don't blame you because like it's it BS yeah and uh, and like unnecessarily sad <laughs> there are actually two dubs for the film and the first non-Disney dubbing is considered to be more accurate translation to the original film the Disney dub was done almost 10 years later with Phil Hartman as the voice of Gigi unfortunately Hartman died before the dubbed version was released and it is dedicated in his honor At the end of the film, Miyazaki wanted to continue the story instead of merely having credits roll. He wanted the audience to see that Kiki was happy. He considered it almost like a little mini-sequel. In Japan, most people will politely sit through the credits, but Miyazaki is aware that it is not customary everywhere. He therefore wanted to entertain the audience that stayed. Uh-huh. Aha! Yeah. Nice. So there's a nice little thing in the credits. That yeah. is. That's very much a thing that happens all the time now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a pretty common thing, but in the, in the late '80s, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe Hisashi wrote the upbeat score for the film, giving it a signature Ghibli sound. Of ah, course, yes. lovely. <laughs> this is such a nice. It's got such a nice atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Miyazaki said that Kiki's Delivery Service was the first hit that the studio had as every single age group went to see it. It was their first box office success. The movie cost just over $6 million and made just over $10 million. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's mind-blowing when you think about it. You know, we think about Secret of Nim and, like, Mm -hmm. how much movies cost then. Because Secret of Nim cost about this much money. Mm -hmm. But that was, like, a legit seven years before this movie. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. All right. Number three. All right. We're getting close, guys. We're getting there. We're getting there. And there are probably some movies out there. You guys are thinking, where the hell is this one movie that is the one I'm thinking of? You're waiting for it. (laughs) Just hang on. Number three. My Neighbor Totoro. (gasps) 1988. Oh, this one is so cute. The pinnacle of cuteness. Yes. Some might say. Here's a summary for the few of you who haven't seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't, no shame. You no, know, yeah. Just go watch it. You'll it's really just, enjoy exactly. it. Yes. Suzuki and her younger sister, May, settle into an old country house with their father and wait for their mother to recover from an illness in the local hospital. As the sisters explore their new home, they come across and make friends with many playful spirits in the nearby forests. Most notably, the massive, cuddly creature. Totoro. The film's title character became a trademark for Studio Ghibli, and the film is regarded as one of the most loved children's films of all time. Yes. Yep. If you're looking for a movie <laughs> that will just, you know, uh, get your kids' attention for a nice quiet afternoon, mm-hmm. yep. maybe, you know, this is this is the movie for you. Yeah. It's quiet. It's chill. It's very mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. You have a nice sibling relationship going on. There's a bit of a heaviness because of the illness. And then you have this bit of a, a, a magical touch with yep. these spirits in the forest. Sprinkled magic. That's yes. what it is, man. Yeah. It's the best. Magic sprinkles. Yes. <laughs> magic. And, and I mean, it's the dang logo of the studio now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totoro's up there. So It's so cuddly and big and friendly. And this movie has the cat bus yes. in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the dust sprites. Yeah. Yes. Soot sprites. Soot sprites. Yeah, yeah. So cute. Adorable. The film was written and directed by none other than Hayao Miyazaki. Yay! <laughs> yeah. 
Kazuo Oga was responsible for the beautiful background art, which nice. is uh, gorgeous, flawlessly oh, gorgeous. Because this fantastic. one, being in a countryside place, mm-hmm. it's just mostly green. You don't have to worry about cities and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. ooh, beautiful. The idea for My Neighbor Totoro started way back in the 1970s while Hayao Miyazaki was working at Telecom Animation. He drew early image boards of a five-year-old girl who had a similar design to Mei, but the personality of Sasaki. Totoro was originally intended to be published as a children's picture book, but as proposals for the film slowly developed, the main character was changed to be two sisters. This also meant expanding the runtime of the story to meet feature length. Miyazaki knew what he wanted to achieve, a warm story offering young audiences a film with no conflict or confrontation. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, pretty just, close. It's yeah. kind of like a day in the life kind of movie. It mm-hmm. is. After the release of Castle in the Sky, Miyazaki submitted his proposal for Totoro to Takuma Shoten, Studio Ghibli's parent company at the time, in November of 1986. However, its post-war setting, light-hearted subject matter, and 60-minute length led to its rejection. Oh, what? <laughs> you might be saying? <laughs> because full-length animated films were not yet box office hits in Japan, distributors did not believe in the story of two little girls and a monster in modern Japan. A worthwhile animated movie would need to be something more. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's kind of crazy when you think about Studio Ghibli and just the trailblazing that they did because when they started, animated movies weren't box office successes. And then, you know, as the years went on, they started to have some of the most popular movies in Japan. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Let alone animated movies. Yeah. (laughs) But producer Toshio Suzuki was convinced of the allure of seeing Totoro animated on the big screen. He proposed a simultaneous release of Totoro and Grave of the Fireflies. However, the proposal was also rejected. Shinchosa Publishing, who originally released the novel Grave of the Fireflies, then stepped in and decided to help produce Iso Takahata's film adaptation. They knew that if a film was adapted from one of their novels, schools would likely see it for educational purposes. Wow. Uh, that might be hard on the students. <laughs> <laughs> I think but that's kind of funny, though. though. I think that's that's a funny that's funny that that's a reason. Yeah. 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 Then the same audience would be able to attend the screening of a second film included in the price of the ticket. That's pretty sweet. Takuma finally agreed, establishing a joint partnership. Man, <laughs> I understand why Grave of the Fireflies was first. Yeah. Because imagine <laughs> you have a sweet, upbeat story like Totoro yeah. followed up by that. Yeah. Yes. But then at the same time, if I watched Grave of the Fireflies first, I might not stay for the second movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I might be like, um, that's enough for me. Yeah. They just need to go right into that intro song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The You're like, don't worry, guys. kids. Like, yeah. Look at how happy we're okay. happy, happy. Happy times now. Happy times. <laughs> Thus, the only two-year-old studio Ghibli found itself managing and producing two films with seemingly no real commercial appeal at the same time over a record period of only one year. 
Oh, wow. Snap. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had this choice between either quickly doing each movie one at a time yeah. or splitting up the studio to work on them at the yeah. same time. And they ended up going with the two teams. That uh, makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Yep. During a special retrospective program in July of 2008, Toshio Suzuki recalls that Grave of the Fireflies was originally planned to be 60 minutes, but was extended to 90 minutes. Because of this, Suzuki then fought to extend Totoro to 80 minutes or longer. Oh. He was like, that's not fair. <laughs> the, the fun yeah, one should also be longer. Yeah. May and the Kitten Bus is a 13-minute sequel to My Neighbor Totoro, also directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Oh. It is shown exclusively at the Saturn Theater at the Ghibli Museum. It centers around May and her misadventures with the Kitten Bus. That's so cute. Which is the cutest little thing in the world. Uh, I want to see it. Miyazaki's mother suffered from spinal tuberculosis when he was a child and spent a lot of time in the hospital. The film is said to be semi-autobiographical in that sense, though it never reveals the mother's condition. He allegedly said that the film would have been too difficult for him to make if the protagonists had been boys like him and his brother. I watched this movie shortly after my mom died, mm -hmm. and yeah. I was like, whoa, I forgot about this plot with the mom yeah. in the hospital. Yep. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe this isn't for me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it's the part that kind of flies under the radar for most yeah. people. Like, yeah. Oh, look at the... Especially I remember the, the cute, cuddly yeah, yeah. spirits. I didn't remember that part. The real, the real part. <laughs> I'm glad that part's there, though. Mm -hmm. Right. The name Totoro is very similar to the Japanese word for troll. In the original version, May mispronounces the word Totoro, and that's where the name comes from. Totoro is the name of the species, and the big gray Totoro is called O Totoro. The middle one is Chu Totoro, and the tiny one is Chibi Totoro. Oh, that's so cute. It's super cute. For this film, Joe Hiyasashi kept it upbeat and lighthearted adding synthesizers. It helps to create a sense of innocence. Definitely. He's so good. Yeah. I love My Neighbor Totoro. It's mm -hmm. the first Ghibli movie I ever saw. I think nice. it might be the same for me, too. I, yeah. I don't know. This is, this is a good gateway Ghibli movie. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's Ghibli. great for when you're a kid, too. And then you watch mm -hmm. it when you're a kid. And then you see it when you're an adult. You're like, oh, I remember that thing. Mm -hmm. And then you, you know revisit everything. It's... It is a really cute movie. I love it. Yes. It's not dark or complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, these two girls, they, you know, their mom is sick. They kind of just rely on each other, you know, and that's that. It's just mm -hmm. a nice, yeah. strong family relationship. And, you know, they're going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. And at nighttime, the spirits come and entertain them and play with them. and. Mm -hmm. grow trees for them and, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know the father character is he's not in much of the movie but he's a really good character too yeah he's, he seems yeah. to be doing his best and a, a pretty good job of taking care of these yes. two sisters mm -hmm. because you know just got the house and yeah you know, right it's not in the best shape but they they make do yeah yeah they've got the soot sprites and it's the just soot sprites. you know it's it's a fun yeah. time 
Oh, they're so cute. Yeah. I love them very much. I would be, th- I'd be okay with them in my house, honestly. Yeah, yeah. honestly, me yeah. too. If if that's what dust was like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah. Especially like, <laughs> it's such a pain to dust things. Like, yes, I have yeah. a lot of Legos on display at my oh, house. Oh yes, and they get so dusty, and but they're so tiny and intricate that yeah. they're a real pain to dust. Mm-hmm. If I could just ask the, the dust to just move, turn the, shine a yeah. light on them. Yeah, yeah. and they're <laughs> all like, the dust is gone. Go. Oh, beautiful, pristine. <laughs> That'd be so nice. Oh, I love the sleeping Totoro when he's sleeping. Oh, I think yeah. that's funny. The huge like, snoring. That's like, me. Wah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. We ready for number two, guys? Oh, we're so close. <laughs> right. We do a drum roll <laughs> yeah, for two? Yeah. or uh, Sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and number two is Princess Mononoke. <laughs> Princess Mononoke. <laughs> 1997. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a little summary for you guys. <laughs> While protecting his village from rampaging demon boar, Ashitaka is stricken by a deadly curse. To save his life, he must journey to the forests of the West. Once there, he gets tied up in a fierce campaign that humans were waging on the forest. The ambitious Lady Abashi and her loyal clan use their guns against the gods of the forest, and a brave young woman, Princess Mononoke, who was raised by a wolf god. Ashitaka seeks the good on both sides and tries to stop the bloodshed. This one. Um, <laughs> this is a different one. This is yeah. different than most Studio Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. It really stands out as a more grown-up movie, yes. a more adult movie. This is something that adults could, you know, I know a lot mm-hmm. of the time people kind of Think of animation as something for children, yeah, which isn't true. Nope. This is one of those situations where this is a full-length fantasy <laughs> epic. Mm-hmm. It just yep. happens to be animated. Yes. Yep. This is one that I would show people in my argument mm-hmm. that says this is not just for kids. Yeah. Because I don't know if I would show my young child Princess Mononoke. Absolutely not. I wouldn't. <laughs> no. I wouldn't. I when, I when I watched it for the very first time, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I had no idea yep. what it was and what it was like. And I imagined it'd be just like Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Yeah. Or Castle yeah. in the Sky. Or, like, you know. Not I, I, really a Disney movie. Yeah. But like. But, you know, I thought it'd be more in line with one of those. Of a f- more fun fantasy. Yeah. And some action. I, I believe the first time that like the boar was bleeding and yeah. that yeah. The blood. And I was just so taken aback. Yeah. yeah. By oh. how graphic that looked. This and I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. The curse on the boar is so mm-hmm. bl- yes. kind of gross so too. Gross. It's like the, the like they're like I don't know. It looks like leeches or something. Yeah, it's so gross tendrils. It's almost like it's being eaten alive by maggots. It's, yeah, which is it's really oh. gross. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like I, I watching it, I was like, whoa! I have to change my frame <laughs> of mind yep. while watching this because this is not what I expected it would yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> This film was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki with an adapted English screenplay by Neil Gaiman. Whew. Hey. They pulled out all the stops yeah, for this. Did. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were a known studio by this time. Yeah. So they're like, we're ready. We're doing Let's it. do it. We talked about this film in our Studio Ghibli episode a while ago, and one of our favorite stories is about when it was sent to America to release. When a certain convicted felonious filmmaker, Harvey Weinstein, Obtained the rights to the film, he insisted on a cut version. 
Miyazaki refused, and Studio Ghibli sent his office a katana sword with the words, no cuts. Yes. So <laughs> badass. That's so, it's so yeah, cool. I love it. So, of course, the film was released in its entirety, and when Miyazaki was later asked about it, he reportedly just smiled and said, I defeated him. Yes. (laughs) I remember when we first came across this story, and I was like, is this true? Yeah. Like, gotta check it. Please, for the love of God, (laughs) this needs to be true. Before our number one pick came onto the scene, Princess Mononoke was their first wonderful dive into the Japanese myths and legends. Before premiering the English dub at a film festival, Miyazaki was quoted saying, With Princess Mononoke, I intentionally threw out all the rules of entertainment movie making, which is why it will take some time for a true evaluation of this film to emerge. I hope you will enjoy all of the ridiculously long two hours and 13 minutes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I love it because it's it's funny. Yes. Because most movies are over two hours now. Mm-hmm. And back then it was weird to, one, have a movie over two hours, and two, an animated movie oh, yes. over sake. two hours, yeah. which means a lot a lot of time, a lot of work, <laughs> yeah. blood, sweat, tears went into this movie. One thing I love about this movie, and we touched on it with our previous picks, is you know they're kind of set in a somewhat fantasy reality, right, with sprinkles of magic. But this one is so different. It doesn't seem to be based anywhere other than Japanese mythos. And that is really cool. Oh, that is so nice. (laughs) Because it's such a deep dive into that that kind of culture. It's like a feudal Japan kind of culture, right? Where it's a village with somebody in charge. And their their biggest enemy right now is the forest. Yeah. Not another another group of people, you know, not a kingdom somewhere else. It's just... Us versus the spirits, and that is awesome. Princess Mononoke, on an approximate budget of $19 million, so a bit more, (laughs) made almost $170 million worldwide. Wow. Wow. I think it did pretty well. That's a blockbuster. <laughs> Crushed for sure. Budget. Yeah. Especially because you think about Kiki's Delivery Service yeah. and what it made, mm-hmm. right? But that was 89 and this was yes. 97, I yeah. think. Like, that's Damn. awesome. And and think about like you look at 170 million and you think, oh, that might be a budget for a Hollywood movie Hollywood. now, right? Yeah. Yes. They're making the movie for that much. Mm-hmm. But they made this movie for 19 million. Yeah. That's that's piddly change compared to these ones. Yeah. So think about the difference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If yeah. you were to put it into like modern Hollywood, that's like a hundred and seventy million dollar movie making a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> People yeah, they... finally going to see these movies. Yeah, they deserve it, man. <laughs> Princess Mononoke is unlike many other Studio Ghibli films in that it has a much darker subject matter with intense visuals. Joe Hisashi provided an intense score that matched the tone of the film. Sweeping. Dramatic. Mm -hmm. Sweeping, yes. Very dramatic, (laughs) yes. Oh, man, this, yeah. I mean, we talked about the boar, the intense visuals. Mm -hmm. I mean, this one's just amazing. the, The character of Princess Mononoke herself being almost like a, a an iconic character at this point. Yeah. yeah. That mask that she wears, I see mm-hmm. everywhere. 
and you immediately know who that is. And yeah. she is just intense. Yeah. Badass. She knows Strong. what she wants mm-hmm. and she knows how to defend her her forest. And mm-hmm. she's depicted up there with like top female characters. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yep. you think about all these other strong female characters of of movies, you know, live action stuff and how we praise these these people. Yeah. But then an animated character coming in the late 90s, like yeah. ahead of the game, right? Yeah. Pretty much. I feel like across the board, Studio Ghibli does such a great job with lead, strong lead female characters. Absolutely. Yes. And Princess Mononoke is the gold standard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back at, mm-hmm. as far as Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, we mm-hmm. mentioned it a few yeah. times now. Yep. Yeah. Same deal. That's, yeah. She's the main character. She's mm-hmm. a princess, but she knows yeah. how to get shit done too. Yep. Yep. And even kids in general, just the children mm-hmm. yeah. are, are the oh, heroes yeah. of their own stories. Heroes. You know? Yeah. And there are not, these movies, there are not a lot of stupid adults, quote unquote. No, yeah. Stupid. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of children's movies where the children are in charge or the heroes, the adults yeah. are not like yeah. good role models. <laughs> right. And they ignore the children entirely, mm-hmm. yeah. even though what they're saying is very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one that people really attach to and hold on to. And it's kind of fun because it it really shows the whole idea that there is a Studio Ghibli movie for everyone. Yes. Because this movie may be a really big movie among Mm -hmm. some Ghibli fans. Yeah. But, you know, the the fans that are more akin to, like, Totoro. Like, Totoro's my thing. Right. You know, it's like they're two different ends of the spectrum. We went to the store yesterday, I think it was, and we literally saw a woman and she had a Princess Mononoke backpack. Yeah. It was so cool. I mean, yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is another one that I had the the joy of seeing in the theater when I was. I mentioned last episode that I saw a few in this like event thing they were doing, right? And I yeah. saw this one, and this was one of the ones that had a chunk of people in the yeah. theater. Yeah. Because like when we went to see Pompoco, for example, was another one. It was pr- it was pretty empty. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah. We enjoyed yeah. the hell out of it, but mm-hmm. there weren't that many people there. Princess yeah. Mononoke, though. It was oh, like yeah. it Show. was like <laughs> it was like week two of a brand new movie. Yeah, this is a good oh, one. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's number two. Yes. So number one. What could it possibly Ooh. be? Think, think back, Ghibli fans. What movie have we not talked about yet? Yeah. Number one is <laughs> Spirited Away, <laughs> 2001. <laughs> <laughs> to no surprise. Hey. No surprise to anybody. Nope. <laughs> yeah, we're basic. Yeah. We picked Spirited Away. Who cares? No. <laughs> go, go become a patron and listen to our behind the scenes like yeah. ranking and you'll get, you understand. Oh my gosh. Spirited Away. If you're unfamiliar with this movie, young Chihiro and her parents are riding along during a family outing through the countryside when they stumble across a mysterious tunnel with a seemingly abandoned amusement park on the other side. Despite Chihiro's hesitations and creepy feelings, her parents explore the area and eventually discover and indulge in an eatery filled with fresh food. Oh, boy. Always a bad idea. Yeah. Always a bad yeah. idea. Seriously. I mean, if you don't see anybody around. Do not eat the food. Don't eat it. <laughs> if it looks too good to be true, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. As a result of their trespassing and taking of food, they are magically turned into pigs, which scares away Chihiro. She meets the enigmatic Haku, 
who explains to her that this land is actually a gathering place for spirits, a kind of holiday resort, where these beings seek comfort away from the earthly realm. He tells her that she must work here, as laziness is not permitted, to free both herself and her parents from the mystical land. Oh, what a one-of-a-kind story this is. I can't think of a single other movie with that kind of summary, man. This is so cool. And it really brings me to my childhood riding in the backseat of my parents' car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, going on road trips and seeing all those dirt backcountry roads yeah. and wondering yeah. what they led to and wondering yeah. what was out there What's and what we were missing, there. you know? Yep. And this idea that you stop somewhere with something as interesting, as fascinating as an abandoned amusement park. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be curious enough right. to check that out? Obviously, yep. right? Yep. You know, and it, you just kind of <laughs> stumbled into this, you know, an intensely magical situation. <laughs> and then she has to get a job. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. What? How Crazy. fascinating. Amazing. <laughs> this film was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. What? I am flabbergasted at that <laughs> info. Instead of writing scripts, Miyazaki likes to draw storyboards. Because of this, no one knows how the films will be in the end, even Miyazaki himself. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I love oh, that, because yeah. I, I understand that process of writing, Yeah, where you, know, you kind of don't want to commit to stuff, and things are a little open-ended, and you're like, yeah. well, now it can be kind of a collaborative experience, and yeah, people can make yeah. suggestions, and yep. we can kind of come to a conclusion together. Yeah. I wonder if like the executive producers are like, Bruh. a screenplay <laughs> would be nice. Yeah. Can you stop? Yeah, just... <laughs> just write it down. <laughs> Miyazaki commented on this and said, this may sound ridiculous, but I've had staff tell me that they have no idea what is going on in my films. When we were making Spirited Away, even I didn't know. <laughs> That's amazing. He then likens this lack of understanding to how people do not fully understand the world. The world isn't simple enough to understand in words. Yeah, having those drawings is, yeah. you know, I, I think he, he understands more when he has the drawings. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why Studio Ghibli's style is so incredibly recognizable, Mm -hmm. right? You can be a huge fan of anime and watch it all the time, but as soon as you see a Studio Ghibli character, that's from Studio Ghibli. Yeah. I know exactly where that's coming from, and I know who drew it, basically. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Right? That style is so unique, and just having him storyboard it and kind of you know, you get that visual concept right from the start. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's whatever medium that you work in is the one where you can say the most out of what you do, you know? A poet can convey an incredibly complex emotion or situation with just one or two words. A cartoonist can sum up the entire political climate of a country in just one panel, you know? Like, sometimes it just depends on what, which thing is your art? Yeah. And for him, his art is this imagery. It's these illustrations. It's this yeah. animation. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Imagine an entire Studio Ghibli movie with no dialogue. Ooh. I'd watch that. I'd watch the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It began without a script. It was unstructured and an organic way for the process to begin. The young Chihiro was inspired by Miyazaki's friend's 10-year-old daughter. 
Every summer, Miyazaki would take the summer off for a sabbatical. And one summer, while on one of his many retirement stages, he took inspiration from the young, apathetic girl and began on a film that would once again bring him back into the studio. You really feel her movement throughout the movie. You know, she starts out kind of very, very shy, unsure. She doesn't know. She's like kind of scared to do things. And then as the movie goes on, she's like, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. I have to do this. I love these people. Like, yes. I need to do what yeah. I need to do. Yes. So it it's really cool how she makes that slow transition to being more and more confident. The most well-known character in the film is probably No-Face, the faceless spirit. This character borrows the design of a silkworm, both in looks and actions. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most cosplayed character I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every single Comic-Con or Halloween or something, mm -hmm. somebody dresses up as this character. Yes, because <laughs> it's the most simple <laughs> yeah. and yep. easy character yet. The most recognizable. Very recognizable. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know exactly who it is, exactly what movie it's from, and exactly what he's about. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, With snap. a black cloak and a mask. Yeah. That's all you need. And you're like, don't take anything from him. <laughs> <laughs> Even gold. Even especially not gold. Each character has meaning behind their name. Chihiro means a thousand searches. Yubaba means bathhouse witch. Wow, that's very I mean, specific. Right on. And Bo means baby or little boy. The cleansing of the earth spirit was based on Miyazaki's experience of cleaning a river near his home. There was a bicycle with its wheel out of the water, and he thought it would be easy to pull out, but the mud had caked on for years. Oh, yes. Oh. I find this scene weirdly satisfying. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's so kind of, it's so gross it's as it so starts gross. out. And yeah. They all. They, it, Every character is like clearly distressed. And yeah. It, it yeah. apparently reeks. Yeah. Like yeah. so badly. <laughs> but then she's like just dump. She, you know, they, they put in the little um the little talisman. To, yeah. To, for the hot water of, with like certain minerals in it and yeah, stuff. The token right? Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But she she puts in like a bunch of them at once, right? And it just. Dumps on it, there's tons yes. of water, and it starts to flood that room. Yeah, and it's just, the the whole scene is just chaos. <laughs> it is, but yet she pulls that piece out and. <laughs> After winning the 2003 Oscar for Best Animated Film. Miyazaki did not attend the award ceremony. He could not bring himself to visit a country that was bombing Iraq. Uh, oops. Fair enough. Yeah, I understand that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. But no surprise that it got best animated picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> this it, is a great movie. If it didn't, it would have been one of the most yeah. ridiculous snubs ever. Yeah. This movie really deserved it. Yeah. Joe Hisashi wrote the music for this movie. Many people remember the piece called One Summer's Day when Shihiro is riding in the car to her new home. It is memorable due to its beautiful piano sections that convey a sadness of moving away from a place that you loved. We'll include a link in our blog to Joe Hisashi playing this piece on the piano. Oh, yeah. nice. It's very beautiful. Yeah, nice. <laughs> 
Spirited Away was incredibly popular and was responsible for introducing an entire generation of Westerners to anime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. This the, was yeah. Sorry, this was the first one I saw, I think. Yeah, nice. this is a big, yeah. The high-profile film convinced actors to loan their voices to English dubs. Even though Studio Ghibli had been making great films for several years, it seemed to become a household name to American audiences. Yeah. 1,000 million percent, because my grandmother, of all people, mm. who probably never seen any piece of anime in her entire yeah. life, <laughs> bought the DVD for Spirited Away. Wow. Because it was getting such critical acclaim, it won so many awards, <laughs> and then Best Picture at the freaking Oscars. Yeah. You see that DVD with all those accolades on yeah. it? Yeah, you're like, Fucking it's good. You're like, maybe we that. should get that, yeah. <laughs> that seems to be an important movie. <laughs> I When I started college, I'd never heard of Studio Ghibli or Hayao Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. And my college roommate, Jesse, (laughs) Jesse was like, you've never seen Studio Ghibli? And so she started showing me these movies. And so I remember watching Spirited Away with her. A few of them she had, Mm -hmm. but it was hard to find most of them. Most of them was like impossible. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Yeah, Back then, back in the dark ages. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's still kind of hard. It is still kind of hard. Oh, and I oh, love yeah. I love Eastern depictions of dragons. The yeah. long, you know, the mm-hmm. dragons that can fly without wings, and mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, Haku's dragon design kind of reminded me of Princess Mononoke too, yeah. like the wolf in Princess yeah. Mononoke, a, yeah. a kind of similar facial kind mm-hmm. of look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- one of my favorite parts of this movie is when there's the scene where it's like the really shallow ocean basically with mm-hmm. the train tracks in the middle yes okay. and she and no face are riding that tram yeah. to basically the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. i love the visual of that yeah just a train track going through like a super shallow <laughs> ocean because yeah. it, it, because it's water as far as you can see like mm-hmm. the ocean but it's like up it's not even up to your ankles yeah and yep. there's just a train track going through the middle of it by itself, nothing else. Yep. And it's so striking, and I love it <laughs> yeah. so much. It's super cool. I I remember Jessie, whenever she wanted anything from me in, in, in college or whatever, mm-hmm. she put her hand out and she'd go, eh, eh, eh. Or, she, or if she was <laughs> no. trying to give me something. Yeah. She would want me to take money or whatever <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason, and she'd eh. go, eh, eh, eh. You wouldn't take it, right? Yeah. <laughs> This movie is such a trip. It's so weird. Yeah, it is. Oh, but it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. This is another one that features the soot sprites too. Yay! Which are great because they work with the bath, the water guy. Yes. The guy with like eight arms or whatever oh, who's yes. doing the- uh, Oh, yeah. Who d- runs the boiler room. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so <laughs> cool. This movie has so many visual masterpieces in it like it's just it's so cool the bathhouse itself is very cool to look at it's beautiful on the inside like Mm -hmm. definitely would want to go there yeah it's a fully realized universe yeah Yeah. it's incredible it's fantastic so So there you have it we did it guys we got through it 10 of them (laughs) now there's many many more that's right we did not talk about them and we're so sorry about that that's right check them out so before we wrap up the episode here are some of our honorable mentions first we mentioned a couple times nausicaa in the valley of the wind which is also very good all of these movies are very good we'll just Mm -hmm, i mean that's that 
Porco Rosso, which is <laughs> one of the most clever, interesting ones. Whisper of the Heart, which is I, adorable. I really yeah. like Whisper of the Heart, and it has a very up on Poppy Hill feeling to it. Yes. I just want to say that. Yes. And then one nice. of and then one of the few like basic not really a sequel, but almost. Yeah. The Cat Returns. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a sequel to Whisper of the Heart. Yes. Yeah. It's got the same cat in it. Which yeah. is great. He's he's the cutest cat <laughs> you've ever seen. Funny. He's the cat in the hat, but not that cat. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a dapper cat. Exactly. Yeah. Not <laughs> he's a dapper cat in the hat. Yes. Yes. And then we've got Tales from Earthsea. Ooh, you want to talk about cool. one that's just kind of different? Yeah, than the other movies? very and... different. Yeah, different director, different people working on it. I mean, dragons. dragons. Yeah, there you go. And then of course we had to put it on here because it's one of those movies that yeah. just has impact. Grave of the Fireflies, right? Oh yeah, Heck it's yeah. warning. I think we said it before. <laughs> it's hella sad. Yeah. But it is one of those movies, like I said, it's got, it makes such an impact on you emotionally. Mm-hmm. I will never forget this movie. And that's that. And I yeah. don't need to watch it a second <laughs> yeah, time. You don't, you don't yeah. need to watch it. It's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. So Studio Ghibli is one of the most magical animation studios in existence. Their imagery is breathtaking and their stories are timeless. Ghibli films have something for every viewer. Whether you're looking for a sweet story full of magic and wonder or an intense drama. So, if you're not sure what to watch, pop in a Studio Ghibli film. You Anna may find exactly what you need. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> but you're not wrong. This is the gateway to anime. Yeah. yeah. You, yep. If you do not like anime yet or want to get into it mm-hmm. studio ghibli is the perfect place to start yep, or if you yep. have a friend or a significant other who's not into it but you want them into it <laughs> then studio ghibli baby yeah i think that eventually we'll probably do a solo episode on spirited away that's true all right i think with that it's another case closed Got it. (laughs) We are brushing off our early season fatigue. Yeah, we are. We're getting into the mid-season claps now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can tell where we are in the season by how good the claps are. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) By the end of the season, it sounds like one person. It does. Yeah. It does. It just... (laughs) And then at the beginning of the season, yeah. it sounds like three drunk people. Yeah, <laughs> three distinct clouds. <laughs> Just get quicker and quicker until it's one. Clap. Until yeah. Until we are one. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons: Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelley, Linda, Bob, and Jaren. Yay! Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. You guys really make it possible for us to continue. That is one thousand percent true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com/slash/blackcasediary, and we just want to thank. All of you that support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. You're all fantastic. Yep. You're all amazing. Thank you. Honestly, just listening. That's good. Yes. Thank you for doing that. It means everything to us. Yes. All right.
Bye. Oh, see ya. Ugh.